You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 110. One of my philosophies around coaching is we must create insight before we can design action. So insight before action. And I think sometimes using the creative aspects, and there are more that we can talk about, but it, it gives me more insight. It gives me more perspective. And if I have that more insight and perspective, the world of different possibilities opens up to me. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. So grateful for you and for you being here. I just, at this time of Thanksgiving, at least here in the United States, I want you all to know how very grateful I am for you being here, listening and learning, and the work that you do each and every day. I'm also incredibly blessed and feel so much gratitude for the incredible guests that come onto our show every week to help all of us learn and grow. I was thinking about the fact that if I wasn't doing this show, I wouldn't meet the vast majority of the people that I have on the show. And I wouldn't be learning from them. And I wouldn't be able to bring their wisdom and their specialty and their creativity to all of you. So that just filled me with gratitude again this morning. And I want to be in that place of just celebrating and being filled with the thankfulness that I have for my guests and for my listeners. And we are going to continue in that vein today because we have an extraordinary guest that's joining us. Master Certified Coach Kathleen Stinnett is joining us today to talk about how we use creativity in our coaching. How can we bypass the left side of the brain and allow the client to really sink into the possibility that come through creativity and accessing that right side of the brain. We're going to talk about many different creative approaches that we can take with our coaching. And Kathleen was kind enough to create a download for today's show as well, so that you have some ideas of different creative aspects and creative techniques that you can use with your clients. So we're going to talk about them in the interview, but you also have a download that you can access at starcoachshow.com. On the resource page, at the top of the resource page is going to be our handout for today's show. Now, Kathleen, as I mentioned, is a master certified coach. She's principal and founder of Future Launch. Her company provides clients with coaching and human performance solutions. Kathleen has a certificate in applied positive psychology. She is a former coach instructor from Hudson Institute. She is a certified coaching supervisor, an author, 
Her credentials go on and and we're going to talk about those at the beginning of her interview. Get ready to have fun because we got creative. We played in this interview and I'm super excited to share it with you. So let's go to our interview with Master Certified Coach Kathleen Stinnett. I want to welcome Kathleen Stinnett to the show today. Kathleen, thanks for joining the Star Coach Show. It's my pleasure, Meg. Thank you for having me. Well, you come very highly recommended. And so I'm really pumped to spend time with you. We're going to talk about using our creativity and coaching, which is really, I don't know, like exciting and stimulating and, and something I think is going to give us different perspectives. So I'm really intrigued to jump into that with you. But I'd like to start with looking at what brought Kathleen into the field of coaching. Oh, my goodness. Years and years ago, my master's is in training and development, and I was working for a company that created training programs. And I was flat and in a rut and a little burned out. And I went to talk to my boss, who asked a great question. She said, when was the last time you felt passion in your work? And I said, well, it was several years ago when I worked for another organization, and I created a nine-week program. I was working for a cancer center. And I created a nine-week program called Work-Life Values for the Employees. And it was really about being intentional about your choices so that you aligned your life and actions around what you valued. And it was very motivating to help people get clear on that. And my boss at the time said, well, have you thought about being a personal coach? And I didn't know anything about it. This was almost a full 20 years ago where coaching was not as popular and as mainstream Mm -hmm. as it is today. And so I signed up for a coaching certification program and became a coach and added that to my toolkit. And that was 19 years ago. Excellent. You do many different things in the field of coaching. I know that you have been on faculty at the Hudson Institute, which is interesting. When we started our conversation, I said, well, isn't that interesting? Several of my guests have been trained through the Hudson Institute, and it turns out that you've trained Lisa Sampson, who who talked to us about organizational structure, and Susan Critton, and Jen Ostrich, and Pete Barrage. So yes, so many of the so that was exciting. And what else do you do to further the field of coaching? I know you've got your fingers in lots of different pies. Well, I wrote several years ago in 2010. I co-authored a book called The Extraordinary Coach with Jack Zenger to focus on how to help leaders inside organizations coach their employees because leaders are so used to giving advice and telling. So it is to take what we've learned in our professional coaching training and codify it to say, here, manager, this is a bite-sized way you can stop giving advice and really empower your employees more. By using coaching in their leadership style. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I'm a coaching supervisor. So I'm a certified coaching supervisor. So this is a new practice for many coaches in the U.S. It's just now starting to be known, but it's a place for coaches to take their coaching dilemmas and what they're struggling with to somebody to help them think through it. So the word supervision is about looking at it with more eyes, more eyes on the problem. Um, So I do that and I do some positive psychology work. 
Excellent. Now, this is a question that's been brought to me, and I think you're going to be the excellent person to answer it. What's the difference between a coach mentor and a coach supervisor? Yeah, great question. As defined by the International Coach Federation, when the ICF asks people to get coach mentoring, the coach mentoring must focus on these skills and competencies of coaching. So if you looked at the ICF competencies, anything that the coach mentor would do that focused on skill development would be considered mentoring. Supervision is a bigger umbrella. So coach mentoring would actually fit under supervision, but supervision can also look at how my patterns and beliefs influence my stance in coaching or how my being tired and drained and burned out would influence the quality of coaching I can provide. So supervision looks much more broadly. Supervision may look at somebody saying, I don't like my client. And so we'll look at what's there to understand, which is not that pure skill development, which coach mentoring would be focused on. Oh, that's so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. So you've been coaching for 19 years now. And obviously, as we just talked about, have brought your perspective to lots of different areas of coaching. Let's zero in a little bit on the concept of creativity. So when you think about using creativity in coaching, what are some of the first things that come to mind for you? Yeah, thank you for the question. Let me back up half a step. Why I think creativity in many, many forms is really useful in coaching or in the work I do in coaching supervision is that most coaches are trained through a didactic, let's solve the problem mentality through talking it out using our left brain logical kind of processing. So we can look at the issue and how do I think about the issue and how do I feel about the issue and the pros and cons of the issue and what if I didn't have the issue? And it's all that left brain processing. And what I found probably 10 or 15 years after I was working in the space of coaching is that there's great power in accessing different information and bypassing the left brain. And so And I think many coaches would be familiar with the use of image or metaphor as an example. So if a client is describing a problem, I can use my left brain and help think through the problem, or I can either use the metaphor that comes up for me or ask the client for a metaphor. But that's a really simple way to access right brain and creativity to say, if if this were a metaphor, what does it remind you of? And, And I'm very quick to share metaphors that I have as clients are talking and I'll share it. And sometimes they stick and sometimes they don't. But if the metaphor sticks with the client, they can easily step into it and say, yeah, it is like pushing a boulder uphill as I'm walking through mud. And then we can talk about, so where's the mud coming from? And are there paths that don't have mud? And all of a sudden we have access to something other than the pros and cons and what would it be like if I didn't have the problem. So when you shift a client into metaphor, what do you see it, I get the sense that it breaks them from sort of the cycle that they're going through in just problem solving and thinking about what are my next steps into actually being able to creatively work through the issue within a whole different 
sense, a whole different sort of perspective. It's that concept of if you were to shift perspective. What are some of the things that you see? Actually, as we're talking about this, Kathleen, I get the sense of empowerment, like that it that shifts the whole maybe power focus as well internally. How does that land on you? Well, I I mean, I appreciate what you're saying about new perspective. One of my philosophies around coaching is we must create insight before we can design action. So insight before action. And I think sometimes using the creative aspects, and there are more that we can talk about, but it, it gives me more insight. It gives me more perspective. And if I have that more insight and perspective, the world of different possibilities opens up to me. And even, I mean, one of my favorite techniques that I use more in supervision, but you certainly could use it just in direct coaching, is what fairy tale does this remind you of? Oh. And it is one of my absolute favorite techniques because what often happens for the client is that they'll say, oh, I don't think it reminds me of a fairy tale. And they want to dismiss and move away from this silly thing called fairy tale. And right then, I mean, on the heels of, it doesn't remind me of a fairy tale that's silly, there's the fairy tale. And they say, well, okay, if I were honest, it would, it would sort of remind me of the emperor has no clothes. And then you stay with it and you say, well, who's the emperor? And who knows the emperor has no clothes? And they bring in all the other cast of characters in their real life dilemma but they see it differently. It is almost a permission for themselves to see it differently. If that makes sense. That not only makes sense, that's really dynamic. That's really exciting. One of the things that you said that I know I get asked sometimes, so I'd love to throw this to you, is the difference between the coach coming up with the metaphor and the client coming up with the metaphor. So how do you make that determination when you're in a session? Your question implies that I am thinking and actually making the determination. For me, I think it's more fluid than that. If the metaphor comes to me, I share it. And and probably that's where I usually start, to be honest with you. I will share my metaphor. Let's say, as you're talking, it reminds me of, or I'm getting the sense of, or it reminds me of this metaphor over here, and I'll share it with a client. And, and usually one or two things happens. Either they grab onto it and say yes, or they say, that's not it, but here's a different metaphor. And all of a sudden, we're in a different language, not the left brain language. So I'd say more of the time, I come up with a metaphor and offer it. And they either stay with it or say, that's not, here's a different one. And then we stay with it as long as there's value. I, and I just really want people to hear that. I ask the question the way that I get asked the question. And you're exact. One of the things that I hear sometimes, particularly when, when coaches are, are first training and they're so worried about, I don't want to direct it all, or I don't want to imply, it's, it's that concept of, offer. And if it doesn't fit, the client will let you know that it doesn't fit and very likely be triggered into something that fits better for them by just by you being willing to offer and hold that space for them. That it's not, you're not going to throw your client completely off rails if you just offer a potential metaphor that has come to you through your intuition or just through your, through that process of partnering with your client. Yeah, that, that's really well said. And I appreciate what you're saying about when newer coaches are coming out of a program, 
they've been taught there is a right way to coach and it looks like this and you are the neutral slate and you should always be asking deep, powerful questions to lead to transformation. I mean, a lot gets layered on to coaches that they feel the pressure of there's a right way to do this and I must do it this way and not offer anything. And I think every coach two, three, four, five, ten 10 years out says that was good foundational learning. And actually, when I add in the pieces and parts of my own style, I'm more actively involved. Right. And it's okay to offer as long as I'm not attached to my agenda, exactly. my ideas. And in actuality, it is part of the markers and part of what we do that we offer observation as long as we're not attached to, you know, <laughs> no, this is right for you. <laughs> that would be crossing the line. Yeah. What other ways do you use? metaphor or image in in your coaching? Well, metaphor and image, you know, just that. This reminds me of picture or what picture comes to mind. So that's pretty easy. If we look at other creative methods, you know, we can expand it. So beyond metaphor and image, sometimes I'll say, if this were a dance that you are doing, what dance are you doing with your client? Or, or yeah, if, if I'm working with a coach, what dance are you doing with a client? Or if they're describing a whole scenario, what piece of music does this remind you of? Because it can be, you know, a classic symphony, there's rules and structure, or it can be jazz and improv, or it can be a chaotic, dissonant mess. You know, it can be everyone's playing different parts and different instruments together. But any of those questions, what dance, what kind of music can, again, circumvent the, I need to rationally make sense of it. And if someone says, well, it's a a classic symphony, it's like, so what about this is a classic symphony? Everyone knows their part. Everyone is following a conductor. Well, who's the conductor? Right? Are Are there instruments that are louder than others? What's happening? That's very different than saying it's improv jazz, which says, you know, we all get to riff and have a little bit more flexibility. So, taking any of those pieces, we can learn more about the client scenario. Well, and in that, I would think, Kathleen, it's helping the client learn more about their scenario because they're looking at it in a different way and coming up with things that they probably weren't as tuned into, using the music metaphor, as they had been looking at it through a different lens. Yeah. So let's play with this, if you're willing. Oh, I would love to play with it. In the moment, if this were a piece of music you and I were creating, what kind of music is it? I feel like it's it's a duet. You know, my son was in the orchestra for years, so you know, sort of the, that we're we're sitting there with our two chairs in front of the orchestra, and it's our time for just the duet. But hopefully, everybody will learn to play off of this. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's great. My my piece of music that comes up is it feels like a duet. So when you said that, it, that really landed. This is a shared experience that we're both contributing in, you know, similar or equal measures. But my piece of music is it's a pop music, which means it feels very current, very fresh. It's not old and rehearsed. It hasn't existed since the 1700s. It's happening right now. This may never have happened before. This this very current, fresh pop piece. 
Oh, and that resonates with me as well, because we're definitely, we, we didn't plan this in advance. We're just, so we're doing a bit impromptu here as well in following our curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's a little jazz thrown in. Yeah. Yeah. How fun. So, so we can just, we can learn more. And even the perspective that you and I just shared. And, and if I were coaching with someone, I would do that one, two, what is the music? Here's the music that comes up for me. We didn't have the same exact piece. We're in your world. We're sitting in front of an orchestra and hopefully they learn to, to play too. In my world, I don't have the orchestra, although we probably have some supporting band members. I don't know who those are here. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different and we can learn from each other's perspective as well. Oh, that is really powerful. Such good stuff. What other ways do you play with creativity? in either your supervision with coaches or in working with clients? coaching. Well, you know, kind of staying on that, that vein of the fairy tale, you can ask for movies or books or characters. What character does this remind you of? And, it, and it's accomplishing the same thing. You know, it's saying, let me access this story over here and bring it in. And when you, when clients go there to fairy tale or books or characters or movies or TV shows, any of those, one of the helpful techniques is not just say, oh, right, emperor's, you know, the emperor who has no clothes. You want to ask the coach, tell me what you remember about that fairy tale or book or story or movie character to see what they are connecting to. Because, you know, even our story about the godfather or the emperor has no clothes will not be perfect. So we start with what do you remember about that? And then how does it connect to your situation and which role or character are you playing and what are the roles and characters of the other people? So, you know, that's just a whole genre. No, that's so important. And I do want to clarify, you said you want to ask the coach. Now you mean like when you're working with a coach, but the coach would want to ask the client to yes, identify. Absolutely. And, and forgive me because I, I have parallels. I'll, I'll do this with supervision where I'm working with coaches and I will do it with clients. So. Yeah, whatever that word is, substitute client. Which uh, is I, absolutely fine. I just wanted to be sure that the, the audience was tracking with us on that. But so that it's not the client asking the coach. We definitely right. want you as the coach to ask the client and, and not to assume anything about, oh, I know that you picked Emperor has no clothes because of X, Y, and Z. Ask, stay curious, follow it through. Definitely. definitely. One of the things that, we want to be sure is that anytime we use a tool or technique, we actually follow through. We use it fully versus throwing out sort of a technique and then, okay, we're on to something else. There's a reason why you are bringing it into the session yeah. to, to yeah. really yeah, expand, be expanded yes. with it, not just check the box. Okay, I've asked for the fairy tale. Let's move on. Yeah. There um, the other vein, and I will tell you that I probably do less work in this creative vein, but to work with colors or shapes, you could do the same thing. If you're, if you're talking to a client who's describing a scenario, say, okay, what color are you and what color is the person with whom you're having this tension? And if you blend those together, what, what shared color is that? Or you can do that with shapes. Now for coaches who work face-to-face -face with clients, and, and I'm, I'm quite sure that this was borrowed from the field of art therapy, you know, we can have objects and sculpting and actual physical, you know, a treasure trove of characters and figurines and balls and marbles and 
whatever. And you could ask the client to pick an object that represents them and the other players in their scenario. Most of my coaching is not face-to-face. So I don't play with that a lot, but coaches who do work with clients have incorporated that with great success. So let's say you are using any of these sort of tools or techniques that you're talking about and you, you work it through with the client. How, Kathleen, do you see it sort of coming full circle or, okay, we've worked through this and there's a transition place or, or how do I then bring the coaching back through, if that makes sense? I think so. So you're saying once I kind of stepped to the side and done this creative piece, how do we get back on the main track that represents coaching and designing action? If, if, it's, if it feels like it's sort of, okay, it's, this feels like it's come to fruition and I want to be able to transition back and make sure that we're bringing the value and the learning. How do we do that elegantly? Yeah. Well, again, I think and, and I heard it said once, if you want to learn how to do something, learn from someone who has really struggled to how to learn it because they will say, do step one, step two, step three. And I think I'm too far along to say, or too far into this practice to say, I don't know, what is the learning? What is the process I used? However, let's just use you and me okay, as an example. You and I said, we were a duet and you know we, we might be in front of an orchestra, we might kind of have this pop current duet. We didn't stay there very long till we got back on track, right? And so it's just this very artful, fluid, and now we're talking about the main issue again. And then I will go back to the metaphor or creative technique. Mm -hmm. When you said, oh, Kathleen, did you mean client, not coach? And by the way, I used to play the piano. I say, oh, I hit a wrong note there, right? I hit a wrong note in our duet. And you said, I think this other note would sound better. It's like, great. You're right. That other note sounds better. I need to say client, not coach. I, you know, that was my wrong note. And so here we are. So we'll just toggle back and forth in a coaching conversation. We'll come back to the metaphor or image when it makes sense. And then we're going to be talking real time and we'll come back when it makes sense and we'll be talking real time. But I find that it tends to be the thread that we can both, both me and my client can touch on throughout that session. Oh, that is such good stuff. That is so good. Well, and I I just did this yesterday with a client and we touched on the thread, touched on the thread. And at the very end, when I said, so what is your homework? What are you going to do between now and the next time we talk? She said, I'm going to do this thing. And the thing was directly back in the language of the metaphor. And I remember it now because I said, it's It's like you've got your bag packed next to the door. She doesn't know if she wants to stay or go with this company. I said, it's like your bag is packed next to the door. I said, what would it be like if you unpacked the bag and just committed to be there for a little while, knowing that at any time you can evaluate staying with this company? And so at the very end of the conversation, I said, what are you going to do? And she goes, I'm going to unpack my bag and know that I'm going to be here for a little while. And so she used the language of the metaphor. So it's just, it comes and goes. Yeah. And, and it's a, you both knew what she meant because you had talked about it and it, it, it's almost like shorthand at that point then, because this is what I'm going to do and it, but it carries all that additional like energy. Yeah. So if a picture says a thousand words, we both have this shared picture that communicates a vast amount of information. We can now use we can now use your backpack by the door to say, 
I don't know if I want to be here. I'm doubting whether I should come or go. Some days I want to be here. Sometimes I don't want to be here. I mean, we can just reduce it to go, is your bag packed by the door or have you unpacked it? I mean, just, it is shorthand language. Yeah. Yet carries, because you, you've you taken the time to explore that with one another, what that looks like, what that, and so now in your ongoing work with this client, bag packed by the door just carries all that mutual understanding. Oh, that's so powerful. Well, and just one last thing, because it's so fresh for me. We not only put the bag away, we put it in the storage shed and locked the door. So it's, it's going to be hard to get out. I mean, so, you know, yes, we can keep playing with that. And, uh, and she's got your, her coach partner to do that with. How exciting. What else have, should we talk about when it comes to creativity in, in coaching? Well, I think this isn't quite exactly creativity, but I... That's all right. Let's throw it in there. Yes. So I know that when a lot of coaches go through their program and training, they are taught the skill of immediacy, which is working right here now in the moment. Either what I'm seeing in my client, if I see my client makes a scrunchy face or fold their arms or, you know, push their chair away or whatever, I can work with that right now in the moment. The, the piece of immediacy that I love to work with, and I think when coaches struggle with finding empathy for clients or being able to articulate empathy for clients, if they could remember that they are mirrors to their client's experience, I want to just, I want to offer this because again, it's, it's circumventing the left brain, the logic and the processing, and it is accessing emotions. So the wisdom that comes from emotions and feelings. But if, if you not to get detailed and I can't go very far down this path anyway, we are mammals and you have a limbic system and I have a limbic system and limbic systems and mammals are open, which means that if you are feeling something deeply, I will feel it because I have mirror neurons. I don't have to think about feeling it. I just feel it because you are experiencing it and I'm a mammal in this open limbic system. So if you are describing something, I remember I, I had a phone call with a client and she said, oh, Kathleen, this has happened and this has happened and this has happened and this has happened and this has happened. And she went on for four or five minutes. And in that time, I noticed I'd stopped breathing and I was feeling absolutely overwhelmed. And when she had stopped, I said, Kelly... As you've described, just saying hello and checking in with me, I noticed I'd stopped breathing and I felt completely overwhelmed and a little anxious. What's happening for you? So it's a way to bypass left brain. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to keep up with all the content she just rattled and off. I'm certainly not going to repeat it all back to you and just let's just raise the anxiety through the roof. Yes. Yeah. But to, to say what's happening for me, for me is not what is happening for me. It's my being a mirror to you. And she, she paused and this was just a phone call and I could hear her crying. And she said, I am feeling overwhelmed. It's almost like I can't catch my breath. And so both the physical sensation and my felt emotional experience were exactly or close enough mm-hmm. to what she was experiencing that we just took that and then went down a deeper level. So I offer that because I find a lot of coaches will try to be empathetic, still using their left brain. Okay. 
what do I think the person is feeling and how do I language it and how do I say it in an empathetic sense so they think that I get what they're saying? It's like, you don't have to work that hard. Get what they're saying. Yeah. Through your emotions, through your felt physical sense and offer that back and you're probably going to be close. You're probably going to be really close. Really close. And I, I like that you didn't make it about you. You let her know what you were feeling when she was sharing and then you asked, and how does the, that impact you? Or how does... Well, what is your experience? What is your experience? That's what it was. Because it's not about me. Right. You know, this is the gray area. Because if I say, oh, as I hear you describe that, I'm so sad. I'm so sad for you. That's not it. It's when you describe this, I am feeling sad. What are you feeling? It's what that. is your experience? I'm the mirror. Now, what is your experience? So it's not about what I'm feeling. It's just right. I'm the reflection but you tell me your version of what you were giving me. But that's the key piece. So what is your experience? So, yeah, all yeah. that is so powerful. And I think I could keep you here for days. I really think I could keep you this here for really days. Fun. <laughs> music together. That's right. Our duet is just playing such lovely music. What else? If, if anything, I know that you have shared, I know we're sort of at our time, but anything that you want to be sure that we add in as we wrap up our time together today? Well, this has nothing to do with creative creativity. It has to do with, I know, and this is true for me and I know it's true for you. We work so hard to get it right that my wish for all coaches would be just to trust yourself, get present, show up. It's more art than science, you know, at that dance in between. And if you come with that pure heart and present groundedness and just keep your focus on the client, you are going to do good work. What a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure making this music with you. I hope you enjoyed my duet with Kathleen as much as I enjoyed playing it. If you'd like to know more about Kathleen Stinnett or to be able to download her giveaway handout for today's episode, go to starcoachshow.com and her show and her handout will be at the top of the resource page. In addition, if you would like to sign up for the ongoing book giveaway, do that on the contact page at starcoachshow.com. If you're enjoying the show, I would so appreciate a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Every positive rate and review we receive increases the visibility of our show. So once again, in this time of Thanksgiving, I want all of you to know how very grateful I am for you and that you are entering into the end of 2018 in the best possible way for each of you. Until next week, I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success.